The Secrets of Doctor Who is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, episode 217. One day, I shall come back. That's it. I've been renewed. As when a Time Lord's body wears out, he regenerates. I'm a Time Lord. I'm not a human being. I walk in eternity. Bravehearty. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited vice pudding! Position heroes. Wearing a bit thin. Fantastic. Hello, I am Scottish. I can complain about things. Should be fine. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series, Doctor Who. And today we're discussing the second part of the of an 11th Doctor two-parter, this one called The Almost People. This follows on the prior one, which was the... the Rebel f- Flash. Rebel Flash. I knew it was Flash something or other, but the Rebel Flash. And so joining me today on the panel are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going, Dom? Very well, thanks. And Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. Uh, folks, uh, stick around to the end. We've got some feedback from uh, you, our listeners, and we wanted to share that with you and have a little discussion of it. But uh, first, I want to remind you to like The Secrets of Doctor Who on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Secrets of Doctor Who. And also follow us on Twitter and retweet our episodes there. We're at SQPN. And be sure to also you know, leave us comments and uh, we'll share them as feedback in future episodes. All right, so this is The Almost People, the second part. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention, like bring up at the very beginning of our discussion is the fact that because the story deals with doppelgangers, so exact duplicates, yep. the, the, it can get confusing who's who, you know, it, yeah. which, which they, is the real. They didn't do a good job in this one in visually distinguishing them. We've got a setting that is... Visually, it's a lot of low lighting. Mm-hmm. They're inside yeah. a former monastery, and it's it, it. So we have corridors, but they're dark. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of internal lighting, and that contributes to the to the visual inability to distinguish the gangers from the humans. And they do try with most of the gangers to give us a visual clue. Mm-hmm. In that the gangers, most of the gangers are wearing acid suits. Mm-hmm. which are these kind of spacesuit-looking things to protect them from the acid they've been mining at this facility. Who would build a monastery on top of a vast acid reserve? I'm not sure. But <laughs> but if you look closely and if you remember, you can think, oh, these kind of she's in a spacesuit-looking thing, so she's yeah. a ganger. But they're not that distinct. The real problem is with the ganger of the doctor mm-hmm. because we're told that you can tell the doctor from his ganger apart by their shoes because the real doctor's shoes were partially dissolved in acid, but his shoes are never in frame. Right. Well, so it's very hard to tell them apart, even though the characters are talking to the who they think is the ganger as if he's the ganger and things like that. Well, you're 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 making the assumption they wanted us to be able to tell them apart. There there are points in this episode where they purposely play off of the. Which is which, uh, even right. to the point of getting a second ganger for one of the gangers. You know, I mean, so they, they, uh, I think they were, I think there was a conscious choice there to 
make it a bit more confusing because that actually plays into kind of the final plot of the final part of the episode of that right. you can't tell which doctor is which. And I, I, I recognize they're doing some of that, but I think that if that's what they're wanting to do, they've executed it poorly because the point of guessing games about who's really who, you know, who's a duplicate and who's not, is you need to be fairly confident you know who is who in order to be able to surprise right. the audience with, oh, it's not that person at all. Right. And so if you can't throughout tell who is who, there's no surprise when it turns out, oh, I, I was always confused this whole time, and now you're telling me this isn't the person that you kind of made me sort of think it was. It really yeah. Def yeah. deflates the surprise. If it had been a flower in the lapel or something, you know, something that was it, in frame. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. It, it, so at the end, as Father mentioned, they revealed that, oh, it's been the doctor and his gang are switched shoes ages ago. And so they've been replacing each other on purpose. Well, yeah, fine, but you didn't show me the shoes all the way through. Well, <laughs> you, needed, you needed to have it be like a flower in a lapel or something, and then ha he could say, we switched flowers a long time ago. Well, not, not just did they not show them, show the shoes, they didn't show them switching shoes. So this is right. you know, one of these you know, surprises that, you know, kind of like you, know, you talk about the mysteries where you, you should be able to figure out who it is before you get to the end, and this is one of these you couldn't because you weren't given that key piece of information. And that's why I said right. I, I think they did this on purpose. And I enjoy this episode. I think it's a good episode, but it's yeah. not, you know, it, this is part of it that it was not written well, in my opinion, at all. It's a dangerous game you, you play when you do this switcheroo sort of thing with you know doppelgangers or duplicates. It's riding the line where you, you can veer into losing some of the audience. And I remember the first time I watched this, I was very confused by the end of it. And mm -hmm. I'm like, what happened? But, you know, watching it again, you know, I've now seen this several times. Uh, you know, I get it. I, I know, you know with knowledge of forethought, I, I understand what's going on. Although I I did, luckily, uh, being older now, I start, I forget the plots of things. And so I had forgotten exactly <laughs> how it ended, which is makes it more fun. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, th that is a dangerous game. But that said, like you said, Father Corey, I still enjoyed the episode and there was a lot of things to like about it. So, uh, I, I less enjoyed the episode. The ending was the one thing I did remember from, mm -hmm. from before, uh, mm -hmm. when I saw it years ago, but the middle of it is just a big, was just a big blur. I knew yeah. there was running around and people dying and that's it. And that's, and who is who, and that's about it. And that's all there was. I mean, there was a, there were some nice things here and there. I didn't hate this actively, but I also did not think it was particularly great. It, it, I think it felt so, a little bit like uh, too much butter over too little bread. You know, mm -hmm. maybe this could have been one episode, uh, and you get rid of some of that running around and screaming bit, and it would have been maybe a tighter, better episode. Of course, can we talk about the fact that at the end of the episode, the doctor is wearing shoes made of flesh because he had switched <laughs> shoes. So they that's were, true. They weren't that's like true. real shoes. <laughs> that's a good point. He was wearing flesh shoes. Well, leather shoes. Anyway, uh, let's we'll, we'll, we'll leave that aside for now. <laughs> the uh, so the, we begin with so we'd ended last episode with the reveal of the flesh, the doctor who is now flesh. And him struggling. And for people who maybe didn't hear last episode yet, right. flesh is programmable matter that is 
alive and that in the 22nd century is being used for creating doppelgangers of people to serve as their avatars in dangerous environments. But it also can acquire the memories and personalities of the people that have been using it. And so we've got a bunch of doppelgangers that have come to conscious life, so to speak. Right. And so this doppelganger of the doctor is now suffering with, it seems a lot like regeneration madness, trying to integrate Mm -hmm. all of the doctor's past lives into its, into its mind. And there's, there's actually a fun bit where you, you hear Tom Baker's voice. Mm -hmm. Also David Tennant's. And right, right, David Tennant. Would you like a jelly baby? You know he says, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and you know reverse the the neutron, the polarity of the neutron flow. The third Doctor statement, and the first Doctor. One day we will get back. Yes, one day we will get back. Oh yeah, yeah. From the very right. first episode, talking yes. about him and Susan one day getting back to their then unnamed home. Yeah. Right, right, right. So that was that was kind of funny. Again, reversing the jelly baby with the neutron flow <laughs> yes, he, as yes, he's yes. trying to figure it all out. Right, right, right. So, and w- while that's going on, they're in the like in the f- the flesh room, the room where the the, uh, the gangers are made, and the the gangers who are now on the loose are trying to break in to get at the humans, and they use acid and whatnot. And meanwhile, the two doctors are now admiring each other and talking about how great they, each of them are uh, as they come up with an escape plan. And it's like, oh, come on, <laughs> like. Oh, finally, the doctor has someone he can uh, who can measure up and that he can admire as much as he admires himself. Yeah, <laughs> like this, this doctor has a, does no ego problem. And then we have the ganger of Jen, who interesting the the character Jen the human started out as sort of the, the meek human in the in the crew, the the quiet you know, one of the bunch. But her ganger ends up being. The, the chief villain, yeah, mm-hmm. and aggressive, and and it's interesting. Is is it supposed to be that this is some aspect of the human gen's personality coming out? I mean, because they're right; they're supposed to be duplicates of their memories and personalities. Well, they they do make it clear that the ganger gen remembers being decommissioned, in other words, being killed, right? And so you know, all these times they're killed, and so it. it I think kind of the way the description you see on when you re- look at the description of the episode, it says that you know she's she's basically been driven mad, and I think that's kind of what right. happened is you know between the arguments with the humans and then this this memory of you know the eyes being the last asking why as she right. says it it's just driven her crazy she's gone nuts so yeah. uh, it's, it's being... not so much a so much a you know like she's uh, this underlying psychopath you know and her human side is is that it's just she's her off her mind. Yeah, the thought is that, or what's claimed is that when a ganger is decommissioned and their flesh is dissolved, the eyes are the last part to go dissolve. dissolve. Yeah. And so as a result, they're left asking why, uh, why are we suffering for you? Right. And then the, uh, and so she wants a revolution against the humans and to strike back against humans, whereas the, the ganger of Cleves The is, woman leader of the facility. Mm-hmm. Yep. She just wants to be left to live in peace. She just she does she just wants to to be left alone. So interesting, like the differences between yeah. the, these two characters. And the ganger of Jimmy the miner is also similarly not initially aggressive. He's got a he feels paternal affection for the son of his human duplicate mm-hmm. or his human counterpart, 
And so he doesn't want to just kill all humans because he's got a, he feels like he's got a son. And so I like how the gangers are not all just evil. They have different viewpoints and Mm -hmm. they're not Mm -hmm. just irrational killing machines like Jin turns into. Yes. Speaking of irrational, I I feel like the doctor gets a little irrational about the gangers himself. himself. So as they're, they've gotten to another area of the, of the uh, complex and they're trying to get the power back online. And, the two doctors, the ganger doctor, the real doctor, both insi- insist that they are both real. And when mm-hmm. Amy insists, no, the real doctor is more real, the ganger doctor gets mad at her and gets upset. And, and the original doctor, and I'm not sure if they've switched at this point. They've switched, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's the real doctor who's getting upset at her for saying that the ganger doctor isn't real. But the ganger doctor... Like is a duplicate. It's not. I don't know. What do you think? Is is is, is who's right? The, Amy or the, the doctor? The doctor's trying to pull off this touchy feely thing where he's he wants to integrate gangers into human society, and so it's important to show all of the gangers, including the ganger doctor, that flesh people can be just as real as real flesh people, and so he doesn't like any pushback on that narrative. Mm. And as is revealed at, at the end of the episode, Amy is kind of the test case for humanity, which doesn't make a lot of sense mm. because she's from the twentieth. She's from the early twenty first century. She's she's a hundred years out of date. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is like picking someone from a hundred years ago as the test case for humanity. On do we have to be racists? Right. You know, right. this is this is this is not the right one for your civil rights program here. Although maybe you could say she is better because she, there weren't any gangers in her time. So maybe she has a fresher perspective than people who are living with gangers and are used to thinking of them as just, oh, that's my flesh avatar. That's not a real person at all. Mm-hmm. But in any event, he, that's why the doctor is concerned to convince Amy gangers can be just as valid. But obviously there's a point there is a, that Amy has, which is undeniable, which is there is a difference between the biological doctor and the programmable matter doctor, and they have somewhat diff- they have different histories and yep. somewhat different memories, and it's just a question of how do you articulate that? Are you going to use the word real for the original, or are you going to use some other term for the original? Well, and isn't the doctor at the end a hypocrite? I know I'm jumping ahead, but presumably, if you're listening well, to this, you've there's watched not the a episode. lot to say about the middle. It's just running around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The at the very end, the last thing is the doctor does. This is particularly cogent or relevant at this moment because Amy is a ganger throughout this episode, as, as we find out at the end. And has She's been, been for a most ganger. of the and has been for most of the season. Right. Maybe and all the, of it. Maybe and the bit. doctor went to this place, this time and place, specifically for this reason, and. He, despite the whole time claiming that gangers are real and people, he dissolves Amy at the very end, uh, you know, her ganger. So mm-hmm. is that not hypocritical? Is he is is he falling back on what he the morality of what he said? I think there's incoherence, some incoherence here. The Amy ganger that she's eventually revealed to be is under the full control of the Real Original. Amy, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and so it hasn't acquired independent consciousness and in existence, right? And so it's okay for him to dissolve it, but if 
but the same thing would then be true of all of the flesh that hasn't obtained independent consciousness and existence. And I'm unclear at the end, what does the doctor want to happen in human society? Does he want them to stop using flesh? Does he want them to, at one point he says, stop imposing your your minds and your memories on this stuff. It's alive. Mm And that would suggest we're not going to use flesh anymore. On the other hand, he seems to want to broker some kind of coexistence deal like with uh, the Silurians. Mm -hmm. And then there's a third possibility, which is, okay, maybe we keep using flesh, but we don't make it into gangers. We let it do its own thing rather than imposing our memories on it. It's just really unclear what he expects to have happen in the future. Right. Right. So Amy, so we get uh, this the 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 uh, preview, not preview the 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 we see Amy sees the the eye patch lady again, and this is sort of a giving us an idea of what's coming again. With by the end of the episode, we find out who she you know what she is, or to some degree, somewhat. Um, the doctor dismisses her experience. Now she has this in front of everyone this time, where she wasn't people weren't around the other times this happened. But the eye patch lady opens the hatch and says hello and closes it. And the doctor dismisses it as a time memory. He doesn't want to deal with it at this point. Uh, so mm-hmm. in the midst of all that. So there is a a moment where she she also reveals to what she thinks is the, the ganger doctor uh, the truth about the impossible astronaut episode, which is that the doctor is going to die. So that's right. a, cat's out of the bag. She's been trying to keep that from him. And, and the reason she reveals it is she's thinking the the ganger doctor could be the one to die. Right. And so maybe that's who died at Lake, Lake Silencio, and that's giving her hope for her yeah. doctor. And the audience. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and the audience. And so yeah. by revealing she's seen an event where the doctor seemed to die and is wondering, could that have been you? You know, well, why did you see it? You invited us to see it. Right. Right. And and now but she's actually talking to the real doctor and so the real doctor knows in the future he's going to invite Amy and others to witness his apparent death. And, and he even mentions that at the end that this yeah. is this death that we aren't invited to. Right. Right. Also they kind of take away the idea that the ganger doctor is the one who dies at the end because they want to preserve the suspense so we see the ganger doctor dissolve he does yeah he in order to stop Jin, he and ganger cleaves dissolve themselves using a sonic screwdriver but there's also a line in there where the doctor says this may not be the end your molecular memory may survive and so that would open up the possibility it still could be the ganger doctor at Lake Silencio. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Or so, in any big yeah. Finnish spinoff adventures that they haven't made. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so uh, he also has, the, he gets really aggressive with Amy here, you, you know, throwing up against the wall. Right. This is apparently his shocked reaction to learning. He knows, in hindsight, this is his final incarnation you know, based on yes. what he's been told about the regeneration limit. And now it's like, oh, this isn't just my final reincarnation or my final incarnation. I'm close to the end. I'm going to still be associated with Amy when it happens. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And that's, uh, that. yeah, and that kind of throws him off. So we have a, a bunch of stuff where Rory kind of gets lured in and tricked by two Jennifers 
and he has to choose which is the real one. And the trick is that neither. So whichever one he chooses is the, is is a is going to be a ganger, and the other one is apparently sacrificing herself to to die to for the the, the sake of the uh, trick. Um, she also shows him the pile of decommissioned gangers that are that are slowly uh, that, dissolving. That didn't make any sense to me. They should just do what we see elsewhere and just completely dissolve them back into the original Elmer's glue. Right, mm-hmm. right. It, it yeah. It's it seems to be just a gratuitous attempt to. To gin up sympathy for the plight of the gangers, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, especially the, since these are supposed to be faulty gangers, where something in the process didn't work right, and that's why they're left to uh, just to dissolve decay. slowly. I guess. Yeah. There's a whole uh, a bit where the Rory and Jennifer, yeah, uh, they're running around turning things on and off, and she's tricking him. Um, there's a rescue shuttle that's going to show up. To oh. only With Cleves the lo- knows the yeah. With the longest landing in the courtyard ever. In fact, it <laughs> never it never actually lands. Right. And, and so presumably when the acid base explodes, the shuttle goes with it because they never made any, <laughs> uh, any attempt to warn it off. That's right. Right. Yep. Um, th- there is a whole thing where uh, Cleves, the, the, the leader, she gives the shuttle a code word. She sends it via text so that it can't be overheard by anyone listening in. And only she knows the code word. But, of course, the ganger Cleves has the same memories and same personality, and she guesses the code word. Right. So this is something that I've seen handled better elsewhere in fiction. And just personally, anytime you need to deal with a, some, with a duplicate or a telepath or someone who has your memories, introduce a random element that can't mm-hmm. be guessed. Yes. You know, go online and go to a random noun generator and use that to generate yeah. your your code word. Right. Or pick don't, pick six options and roll a die. Yeah. If you have one. You know, <laughs> right. something like that, you know. Yes. Don't just go from, you know, oh, I thought of a, a thing because it's not necessarily the most yeah. reliable. Take it from <laughs> one who knows. Yeah. <laughs> uh so the doctor stumbles upon the real Jen who's been dead since the last episode. And and thus reveals that Rory is running around with a dangerous, aggressive ganger. Uh, but before he can go and warn him or warn anyone, Buzzer, which is one of the other humans, knocks out the doctor. But then he stumbles upon Ganger Jen, who eats him. Yeah. He, yeah. Your jaw extends. It. Yeah. And this is something that happens off, off screen. Uh, and, and then uh, Rory betrays the humans with the gangers. He sw- he has switched sides. Unwittingly. Well, that's the way it sort of comes off. Yeah. I mean, it's not he's not really betraying them. He and the the gin that he believes to be the human gin because he saw another one dissolve in front of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Want to show the doctor and the others what they've found, which is a pile of decaying gangers. And that'll add, he thinks the world needs to know about this, that this is what's happening to these creatures. And that may be reasonable, but I don't understand what that has to do with locking them in a room that's full of acid that's going to explode, right. which is what he, in fact, does. And he immediately realizes that they're, that he's been tricked in, you know, hey, let them out, and they won't let him. And so he's, you know, he's been tricked by them as well. But yeah, it's, you know, Rory 
I think we're supposed to think that Rory got sucked in by his over-compassionate nature or something along those lines. That's basically it's, it, yeah. But it's, I think it's, it just doesn't make any sense, and they're hoping we won't notice in all of the running around. And <laughs> I have in my notes, you know, the, the who, is, who is who games are confusing and poorly executed. Yeah. yeah. I've seen it yeah. done much better. I mean, any version, well, either of the first two versions of Invasion of the Body Snatchers is better than this. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I have a note. Where did the doctor who is in the crypt get a Sonic? Like, there, there are two Sonics running around. No, he there's must only have... one. They switched it. Did they? Oh, okay, okay. It, that again, confusing. <laughs> I wasn't sure how that worked. Yeah, there's there's a moment there. there I think there's more than one moment, but there's at least one where one of the doctors flips the Sonic to the other. Yep. Okay. That yeah, there's there a point where they both had one, but maybe not because the the one. The doctor, the real doctor, ends up getting in the TARDIS at the end without the Sonic. Yeah, but he can just have it make a new one. That's true. That's true. So uh, at one point, when they've escaped from the acid crypt, and the real Jimmy, the the human Jimmy worker, uh, he got killed trying to stop the acid from coming in. And so only his ganger is left of him. And meanwhile, it was Jimmy's son's birthday. And the doctor takes the call from from him. So well, that the- a- a- actually, the doctor early on in the episode places a time delayed call, mm-hmm. and, oh, okay, and, right. and he says this will pay off later. You got to trust me. And so, at the moment when the gangers are all at their peak of let's kill all humans, you know, they even the reluctant ones have kind of temporarily gotten on board with this. Right. That's the moment that the call comes back from yep. the kid, and it's a holograph of of his son Adam. I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and he's a cute kid, and he and the doctor's talking to him. Have you been jumping on your bed? Oh yes, really high. And yes. you know what are you going to do today? I'm going to open my presents, and 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 the real Jimmy the Miner is dead. So we have Ganger Jimmy the Miner, and he's seeing who he feels like is his son on his right. birthday. And yeah. this is what pulls him and the other reluctance, other, all, everybody other than Jin, off of the kill all humans thing. Right. And so he and Ganger Cleaves then go to rescue the others who are trapped in the explodey acid room. Yes, right. And that's where the mortally wounded Jimmy asks the ganger, Jimmy, to be the dad for their his son that he that he can't be now and which is an interesting switch yeah yeah (laughs) um i think you better consult his wife about that there are other implications (laughs) yeah yes (laughs) oh oh, don't worry they don't worry they hand wave that one away at the end too so yeah they do (laughs) yeah the um also they say they can't save him because the acid has gotten to his heart and i'm going this is the 22nd century Hearts and kidneys are tinker toys. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. <You> know, uh, <laughs> it's been established, yes. Advanced line, technology. From young, line from Young Frankenstein. <laughs> That's right, right, right. <laughs> Cleves says that uh, Ganger Jen has turned from a sweet kid into a monster, the stuff of nightmares, and then she literally turns into a scary monster. monster uh, which reminded me a lot of the Lazarus monster from the... Yeah. That the 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 tenth Doctor episode, um, anything with a big detachable jaw, yeah, <laughs> yes, and the long hmm. neck and the arms and yeah, uh, the the re- the real the human uh, Dickon, he's one of the other miners, 
uh, ends up sacrificing his life to save the others. So now we have had two humans die in place of, and so that we have to have the gangers now replace them in real life. The uh, and this is the part where we get the doctor talks about doing the switcheroo. Oh, and and the TARDIS now drops down to the level wh- where they are, it's right? Been right, working its way down through the ground because of the acid. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the before she leaves, the the ganger doctor tells Amy, "Remember to push, but only when she tells you." So he knows oh, what's going earlier, on. The, earlier, the doctor has been telling Amy, "Breathe," yep. out of nowhere yeah. for no reason. So it's it seems like he knows more and, than just that and, she's a ganger. And Amy has been having uh, labor pains, which she's not recognizing as labor right. pains. She thinks she's pulled a muscle. Right. Um. How does the doctor know, like, about the 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 eye patch lady with a, who's going to tell her to well, push? So at least part of this is he he he. The doctor has apparently known ever since episode one when he first did the inconclusive pregnancy mm-hmm. test on her. Yeah, that that she's a ganger, and he's been monitoring this all the way along. So he presumably knows that in some of the readings he's getting, she's not just pregnant; she's nine months pregnant. Mm-hmm. Right. And how he knows about the eye patch lady, I'm not sure, but he says that he's going to track the signal back to wherever it is it's originating. And so right. that could indicate he's been receiving information on the signal that could indicate that he's seen the image of Madame Kavarian, okay. who is the eye patch lady. There is yeah. the one time when um, Amy sees her in this episode, and whichever doctor it happens to be sitting there, whether it's well, doctor, both, both real of them doctor. Are there. Yeah. yeah. The the one that, that's closest to her act, is acting like he sees her. You know, it kind of has right. a recognition on his face that he sees her. So, and that mm-hmm. could have been okay. the ganger one having that, you know, that connection, being able to see it. I don't know. But mm, interesting. They, again, and yet another thing they don't make clear. They just kind of, an, oh, he, he must see her and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, they all jump in the TARDIS and fly away, and the gangers uh, who are left behind, the Cleus ganger, the, the Doctor ganger, and the Gen ganger all dissolve. Uh, the, tar- the TARDIS apparently magically stabilizes the gangers permanently, so they will no longer change and will be indistinguishable from human, I guess? Yeah, also, also the Doctor gives some space medicine to Cleves to dissolve a blood clot she's got deep in her brain so that she mm-hmm. can live now. Because apparently in the 22nd century, they can't do that. So Yes. Uh, ma- magic medicine that just happened to be right under the <laughs> console. Cent- Central TARDIS console. Always yeah. keeps some there, yeah. yeah. I- I'd yeah. love to see the glove box on the TARDIS, because apparently he's got <laughs> everything in there. Well, the glove box <laughs> is bigger on the inside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> wow. It's like folding space inside folded space. So then uh, the doctor drops off uh, Jimmy with his son at the beach, and... The doctor takes the others to corporate headquarters for the company they work for that was mining the acid. Where there, there's a press conference going on, apparently, and they're going mm-hmm. to Cleves, real Cleves, and Ganger Dickens are going to go in together and try to get them to stop using Gangers and the, well, the stop flesh. from doing something, but it's yeah. unclear what exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Back on the TARDIS, Amy starts having those real labor pains. The doctor reveals the whole reason they were at this factory was so he could see the flesh in the early days for some reason, confirming that Amy is a ganger and dissolves her. Poor Rory doesn't know what's going on here. He's he's kind of clueless and horrified. And then Amy wakes up in this white chamber. It looks almost like an MRI. Well, the chamber. doctor dissolves flesh Amy. 
Right, and, right. And then we cut to where she really is, where she is nine months pregnant in a maternity gown in a glowing yellow, in a glowing white tube that Madame Kaverian looks into. Yeah. Right. And tells her to push. And that's where we end. And <laughs> Amy screams. So, <laughs> uh, as you do, as you would. So, and that's that's where we end sort of a bit of a cliffhanger for the next couple episodes, which mm-hmm. tell the story of, I mean, we're kind of racing toward the end of the season at this point. Well, which is, no, the midpoint of the season. Yeah. R- oh, right. Yeah, right. this is only the mid- midpoint. There's a lot, there's a lot more that gets resolved after all this is done. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. There's like four episodes. So there's, so the next one is the, the giving the birth of the baby. This, the, mm-hmm. Yeah. The good man and, goes to war. Right. And then the one, and then there was the mid season break. And then on the other side of the mid season break, we have let's kill Hitler. Yep. Right, right, right. Yeah. I, yeah. These were, yeah, I just, well, go, it, these it, were it gets, confusing gets, to me when I, when it, I saw them. It gets much worse by the end of the season. If you haven't seen the end of the season, it's, <laughs> it, gets it gets really timey wimey. It gets really bad. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're doing here and, you know, there's a, anyone listening to this show is a Doctor Who fan and is going to know this uh, since this is 10 year old stories. Right. What we're doing is we're leading up to the birth of River Song. That right. That's Amy's baby. And Amy doesn't know that she's carrying River Song. And won't for two more episodes mm-hmm. until the events of Let's Kill Hitler. But Madame Covarian is a villain who is creating River Song to kill the doctor. And okay, fine. So she somehow figures out that Amy is carrying a baby that's born in the vor- or conceived in the vortex. Mm-hmm. I don't know why she needs that. Mm-hmm. I don't know because the regenerations, well, I, they don't play any obvious role in making River into the assassin she wants. Right. So I don't, I don't know why she needs Amy's child, and I also don't know when she replaced Amy with a flesh ganger, and I don't know why she repla- replaced Amy with a flesh ganger because if she can go into the time stream and just yank Amy out of it. Why replace her and why mentally connect the real Amy to the flesh Amy? This is unexplained and not obvious. I don't know why she didn't take a random woman from somewhere, even if it, it, and, 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 and I don't know why it needs to be a companion of the doctors, you know, to give birth to the assassin she wants. I don't know. I don't know any of the answers to these questions. None of it makes sense at this point. No. Right. Yeah. She, she's apparently. The earliest we see the eye patch lady is in that first in the Impossible Astronaut. No, the second one where mm-hmm. Amy sees the the hatch open in the door in the in the uh, children's orphanage in Louisiana. Right. Yep, that's right. So, so it presume so it has to have happened before that point. But you're right. Like, why why not just wait till Amy is nine months pregnant and then grab her? Like, I, I get like if you if you have to. Grab her early, then you want to substitute in a ganger so that the doctor doesn't know that she's missing and isn't looking for it, it, her. Except timey, except whiny. he does. Yeah. yeah, you know, take her, take her. Uh, I mean, thinking as a supervillain, yes, snag her, keep her for nine months, keep her on versed so she can't form any new memories of that period. Have her have the baby, and then at the end of the nine months, stick her back with the doctor one second after you took her. Right. Right. That's true. That's true. Yeah. It's it, it yeah it doesn't bear digging too deep into it no <sighs> yeah 
the, the Moffat had a particular idea of how of what he wanted all of these things and didn't really care if it made big bigger sense i, I guess is the is the basically the ultimately Moffat wanted amy to be the doctor's mother-in-law right which is fine i'm all i'm on <laughs> i'm here for that <laughs> i i just don't know why we need this complex rigmarole right because right, this is right. Stephen Moffat overthinking things i'm sure <laughs> yes <laughs> he's a good writer but there are times we we all know we we've talked about some yeah. of his episodes where he overthinks things way too much. He, he overcomplicates stuff sometimes. All right. So, any last notes on almost people and Rebel Flesh? If you have them, uh, Father, Father Corey, anything? Uh, you know, the funny part is when I heard the reminded of the title, um, the almost people. I was thinking of that the TV show Almost Human, right? Which I think is like a vampire, yeah, show in modern day London. So that that, yes. that, that was my first. Wait a minute, what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, I liked a bit. There's a bit where where Ganger Jen is, you know, babbling on, and she's melting one of her fingers and drawing these circles with dots mm-hmm. in them on the wall. And then later, when we come by, that that flesh that she's deposited on the wall has become eyeballs that stare mm-hmm. accusingly and track humans right. walking down the hallway. <laughs> that was creepy. That was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was actually an interesting idea, like that. It, the, these eyes convict you because they ask why. Yeah. It, it may have been inspired in part by a scene from Fritz Lang's movie Metropolis, uh, which mm-hmm. is a famous silent movie. And there is a very creepy scene where you have all of these overlapping, winking eyes on the screen all at once, and it's mm. kind of like that. Mm, interesting. Uh, all right, so that's uh, that does it for uh, almost people. And uh, I did say we had some feedback, so brief feedback from our recent episode on the Eighth Doctor and the Sword of Orion, which was a big finish production. So Regularity on YouTube writes, this episode has amazing atmosphere. The music at the Garazone space station, love it. And mm-hmm. I got to say, yeah, they did, Big Finish did a great job with creating the atmosphere, the soundscape of these stories, especially of this story. Yeah, I, I agree with that one. And Rob Cox on Facebook writes uh, that he lets us know that this is also available on Audible. Uh, That's where I was able to acquire it. I enjoy the Eighth Doctor series, he says. And yes, you don't have to just get these stories at BigFinish.com. You can also, many of them, I don't know if all the Big Finish productions are available at Audible, but many are. Yeah, I don't think it's all of them. Also, if you you buy them, they're also going to be cheaper. On yeah. uh, on on Big Finish, yeah. You may prefer Audible just because right. of how you like to consume audio material, but on Audible, there's typically going to be a credit, either a credit right. or an amount you have to pay, and the amount you have to pay is it might be on par with mm-hmm. if you don't use a credit. It, a credit is yeah. worth ten to twelve bucks. Now, right and. and if you don't pay the credit, if you pay the flat rate, I'm not sure what it would be. It might be on par with what you'd pay typically at Big Finish, mm-hmm. but Big Finish has frequent sales on its older material, and so you can, if you plan ahead, you can grab a bunch of stuff for cheap on Big Finish when they're having one of their sales. Now, one one concern of buying Big Finish should mention it because I've run into this is they use a UK bank, they use a British bank for their transaction, even though it's BigFinish.com. So if you have a uh, credit card or a debit card that is locked to your country it won't mm. work on big finish mm. i've run oh. into that because my debit card will not work internationally oh, okay. so i just use paypal 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I've even run into that through PayPal, where PayPal still transact runs it as a UK transaction, and then my oh. bank goes, "Nope." So <laughs> that's weird. Uh, that, I mean, that's just a, yeah. that's uh, just something Meyer be aware of. But yeah, if if you can get on Big Finish when they're doing one of their sales, where like they'll have all the Eighth Doctor episodes for fifty percent off, you can get a lot of these episodes for really cheap. Look, I'm just looking at the Audible website now, and they have uh, like sort of Orion there. That's they say twenty two seventy one for the the price. And I got a whole bunch of Eighth Doctor stuff on Big Finish for two ninety nine each, so it's it's worth it to. So that's like a, an eighth or almost a tenth yeah. the price. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, Big Finish has apps for your phone, so mm-hmm. you 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 can download the the different stories to the apps and listen to them there. And the apps are pretty good; they're they're not the best thing ever, but they they work well. They're at least as good as the Audible and, app. So, and another thing with Big Finish, you can actually download the MP threes. Yeah, like Audible. Yeah. That's right. So you can, if you want to do completely offline, not even worrying about, you know, streaming it, just completely offline, you can do it that way. Yep. And you also have MP4s uh, or um, I forget the exact file extension, but it's the the audiobook version of MP3s. So you don't lose your place when you're listening to it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, So uh, it's good to have options. If Audible is your thing, uh, it's good to get there. And I listen to to lots of things on Audible myself. Mm Mm-hmm. But just know that Big Finish is probably going to be less expensive in general uh, for you. All right. Well, and thank you both for for the feedback. And for everybody who sends feedback, we really do appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. As we finish up, I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Doctor Who, including Ken M., Patricia T., George W., Aaron V., and Hisha. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Doctor Who and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Now is a great time to become a StarQuest supporter. When you start a new Patreon monthly pledge at sqpn.com slash give, the first three months will be matched by an equal amount from our donor. So if you become a new patron at $10 a month, after three months, our donor will give $30 to StarQuest to support all our shows, including this one, making your gift go even further. If you've been thinking of becoming a StarQuest patron, now is the time. Visit sqpn.com slash give today. Uh, we'd also like to thank Victor Lambs, who edits the show for us every week. So that's it from us. What did you think of the 11th Doctor story, The Almost People, and it's the, orig- the first part with the Rebel Flesh? You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page, or send an email to Who at sqpn.com. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the third Doctor story, Colony in Space. Until then, Jimmy Aiken, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Doctor Who. Thanks, Dom. Father Cory Stika, thank you as well. Thank you, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Doctor Who on StarQuest. And remember, reverse the jelly baby on the neutron flow. Right. This is going to be fun.